Harvey to to shush. Okay. Y'all trust him more than I do. I'm like, hmm. You know, uh, it is exciting. Like I asked Harvey to share that about Budapest because we, the, the, I believe the enemy's trying to convince us that, that young adults don't, don't want Jesus, don't need Jesus. Listen, it's the best thing that ever happens to you. You know what? It's funny, and we're going to have this, but every time you share a testimony, a story about something God has done in your life with someone, that's what dancing on the enemy's grave looks like. Because the enemy says you're not, and Jesus says, oh, yes, you are. The enemy says you can't, and Jesus says, oh, yes, you can. The enemy says you're not good enough. The enemy says that Jesus says, I've made you well. You see, there's, a, there's this battle going on right now inside of all of us. You know, this thing happening on Easter, they took it down. Uh, you know, the really exciting thing about this is, uh, yeah, the children's ministry team came up with this idea, and they believe in children, and they believe in families, and they believe that the best way, the best thing you can ever do is to bring a child to Jesus. It really is the very best thing that happens. And every, and every time that happens, it's, you're seeing the resurrection all over again. You see, Jesus didn't die. The tomb was rolled, the stone was rolled away. And you and I celebrate when we get set free from things we're in, entombed in. That we're in bondage to. And Easter's going to be like that. So next Sunday, we're going to have a really, it's going to be fun. Uh, They're going to have what we would usually, what we did last year in History Makers for the children. They're going to enact Jesus' resurrection. And Josh Carillon's going to actually float on air up into the sky right in front of our very eyes. Okay, maybe not. But your imagination, you can do it. But... The thing is, we're going to have our children stay in here with us Sunday morning. We're going to have a, a, a service that actually is conducive to children. And then after the service, after they're going to have and we're going to minister. And the most important thing that happens next Sunday is the resurrection of God in you. I asked Harvey to share that about that church in Budapest. You, got, you and I don't realize how hard it is in those old communist bloc countries. They're, they're just, it's hard just for them to survive. They weren't able to follow Jesus for so many decades. And then, and it's even now, it's like, but a handful of young people got something in their heart. And that church has been totally transformed, full of life. They don't have room for the children. And the young people know this is the way, you know, I, uh, I said that wrong last week. One of you Trekkies corrected me that I was saying it wrong. I said, I am the way. The Mandalorians say, this is the way. But of course, with us, we know the truth. He is the this. <laughs> Jesus said that. We talked about last week. Jesus said, come to me. Come to me. Every time you share your story with somebody, you're opening the door for them to meet the one that you met. And to experience the life you've experienced. And to be set free from bondage. And to be set free from, from depression and anxiety and drugs and everything else in the world. From no joy, no purpose. Jesus is the way. And this is the way. And so the exciting thing about this is you're involved. Next Sunday you get to make it happen. You know who's supposed to put up all these big blow up things we have? I'm in charge. 
I need help. Now, you know what thy greatest joy is? Serving the Lord. Seeing someone's life transformed, seeing light come into a face that was full of darkness, seeing a captive set free, seeing children loved and cared for, not abused and neglected. You see that, you talk about a good feeling, meeting the Lord and having Him set you free is great, unbelievable. Every time He embraces me, it's unbelievable. But you know what brings the greatest joy? When I get to be a part of seeing someone else's life changed. That's a joy that's unspeakable. And so next week at that Easter, uh, they're going to be out there. Katie will be out front, and I think an usher is going to help her, maybe, or maybe Josh will help her. Somebody will help her. Well, there's two sign-up sheets that you get to participate with. One, we need lots of side dishes and stuff to help. We're going to set up the back rooms for people to eat and for their families to sit down and eat. We're going to serve them. And if you want to help and if you want to be happy, serve them. You'll find a joy you, you just won't ever get to replace. And then outside, we're going to do the blow-up things. We're hoping it doesn't rain so the kids can play. They're going to have set-up things. But anyway, there's lots of little jobs that are all important that you get to help with. And you'll get to discover something because this is really true. Y'all know this verse. This is a parable that this is actually Jesus told, right? And in John, in Luke chapter 15, right, Jesus told this story. There was once a shepherd. And the guy had a hundred lambs, but one of the lambs wandered away and got lost and was in trouble. And y'all know the story. And he left the 99 lambs and he went after the one. And y'all know that's a picture of Jesus in us, right? We, he found us. We didn't find him. He found us. We walked away from him. And you know what, uh, last week, that, those hurts that Tyler talked about a few couple of weeks ago, um, when I hurt, I need to be found by him again. When I'm lonely, I need to be found by him again. And you know what happens every time he finds me? Um, I got found by Jesus uh, Friday and Saturday, just the last two days, again, in a place that I'd never been found before. Changed my life. He found me. Well, what do you mean, Alan? Oh, I've been walking with Jesus for 40-something years, right? And I remember a big, and I told this story. This, it just is true. There was still some, a place, there are still places in my heart where I need him. I still need to be found. Places where I hurt. Places where I believe lies about myself. Places where I don't understand. Y'all know that's a painful thing to not understand. And I remember I told y'all this story when I had all these big encounters with Jesus 20 years ago. Um, at the end of this one encounter I had with the Lord, he, uh, I wouldn't accept. He was trying to give me a gift. And five days in a row I said no. And in my heart I was thinking, Jesus... You don't have to give me anything. I'll serve you the rest of my life with nothing in return. That was my heart. It was my attitude. And so I kept telling him no, which I know that's logically crazy, but that was who, there was something broken inside of me. I didn't think I deserved anything. Any of you feel that way? I, I felt, this is the way I really felt, I felt like I'm expendable. I exist to serve. I exist to lay my life down. I'm expendable. I'm here for you guys. 
And isn't that a great thing? Don't you want your pastor to feel that way? Don't you want your spouse or whatever? Yeah, I know. I know. You know that Tommy's my joke. He like I blame it on Dossa, but Tommy's actually the joke guy. And so this morning I'm looking for another joke. Tommy, I I gotta rat you out on this. So I'm looking for another joke. And uh, I said, Tommy, uh, I need a joke for this morning because I need people to laugh because what I'm saying is a little emotional and I don't like being emotional. And he said, I got one for you. I said, what? He said, why did the snow turn yellow? And I'm like, oh, Lord, this is not going to be a good joke. I can't tell this in public. And then he had that funny grin on his face. He said, because Elsa had to let it go. I didn't even know you knew who Elsa was. I know, that's like, Tommy, that's a bad, I'm not telling that joke. I just lied. Tommy didn't tell me that joke. Charlene did. It was like she sat right back there, third front, right in front of Tommy. It wasn't you, it was her. Yeah, what a dumb joke. Uh, there, I feel better. I feel better now. You know what the Lord did to me? So 20 years ago, I have never understood why I told God no, other than I had that, you know, that, you know, that it's a thing inside of you. I'm going to serve God no matter what. You know, it's, you get like lots of pats on the back and you get admired in the church and in your family. I'm going to lay down my life for my family. You know, you get, that's a kudos, you get kudos for that. And then on the last time, the last five days in a row this happened, the last day as, and this was God the Father in this vision I was having, the last day, God turned and walked away, and I turned to walk away. That's how the vision ended every day for five days. But on this day, as I turned to walk away, I felt something change. And so I turned around and looked back at him, and he was sitting in a chair, like sitting in a chair. And he's sitting there, and I'm, I'm just looking at him, and he's not holding the gift, he's just sitting there, and he pats his legs you know like a grandpa would do if he wanted you to come sit in his lap and uh, it broke me all of a sudden for the first time I've always wondered you know I don't know if I told y'all this when I told y'all that story I've told you in the past maybe not y'all but other people here uh, I've always wondered why wouldn't I take the gifts and why wouldn't I go sit in God's lap he asked me to and I just never have understood. It just sort of put it, you know, you know how you put things away. And uh, as I'm looking at that a couple of days ago, it was like I heard God say something that broke me. He said, I just wanted to hold you. And I, it broke me because I didn't deserve to be held. I'm a work dog. I'm expendable. I don't matter. And God said, how can you love my people if you don't love yourself? You all know what the first and greatest commandment is that Jesus told the Pharisees when they asked him? He's the first and greatest commandment is to love your God, the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And the second commandment is to love your neighbor the way you love yourself. And I went, oh my gosh. God, if I believed I was expendable, I believed everybody was. For a good cause. I mean, not for stupidity, for the kingdom. And God said, that's not my kingdom. I came to hold you. You see, for God so loved the world, he gave his son. 
All he wants is your heart. All he wants is my heart. This morning, if there's anything in your life going on where you haven't surrendered to him yet, where you disagree with him, he just wants to hold you. You know, that's, you know what repentance is? It's a Greek word, metanoia, and it's to think the way God thinks. You know how God thinks about you? He would give his son for you. That's how valuable you are to him. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm and you've got a thousand I'ms, and every one of those aren't, isn't true. Because only God is true. And if he thinks you're great, you're great. If he thinks you're pure, you're pure. So today, he's going out and look for lambs. And you know what happens when he finds his lost lamb? He makes everybody come to the party. He, he's, he makes us look crazy because we didn't celebrate hard. I mean, we tried to celebrate as much as we could, but after about 10 minutes, we sort of got tired and wore out. He doesn't. You know what he's doing? He's dancing and celebrating every time one of us get to touch him. Every time one of us comes home out of the darkness into the light, he throws a party. And so you know what Easter is about? It's welcome home. And so this Easter, this coming Sunday, invite your friends. Tell them what God's done in your life and invite them to come home and to, to come to, it's a family. Easter, the resurrection is about family. That's what it's always been about for God. And somehow we turned it into some kind of, religious form and stuff and the thing is it's not it's about family Jesus said it this way he said let's have a party come and celebrate with me the return of my lost lamb it wandered away you see the difference there we feel like we're bad he sees us as lost and he wants us to come home and then he said I found it Jesus cared enough about me to go looking for me that was 20 years ago. I think I've had that attitude about God my whole life. I think I've had that attitude about myself my whole life, and God never agreed with me. He told me, he said, you're not expendable. And it was like this huge revelation. I'm, like, I'm not expendable? God, I, I am. And he's like, no, not to me you're not. Guys, you're not expendable either. You're not. See, I just danced on the grave that was trying to hold me down right then because I told you about my encounter with Jesus. And that invites you to have an encounter with him. You don't have to live with the junk in your heart, even the good junk. That was good junk. I'm willing to lay my life down. That's not what that means. It means are you willing to surrender who your thoughts, your being to him? And here's how he thinks about you. You know how he thinks about you? He thinks you're wonderful. He thinks you have all the potential in the world. He's trusted. It's amazing. Every parent in here, he's trusted you with his most precious possessions. Unbelievable. Well, he doesn't believe in me that much. Oh, yes, he does. Maybe you don't, but he does. And last time I checked, he's smarter than you. And me. <laughs> Way smarter, right? He thinks he's trusted the future of his kingdom with everybody in this room. That's amazing, isn't it? Uh, it's amazing. So then Jesus said, I found it. I found my lost lamb and I brought it home. And you know who he, do, who he gets to now, who gets to do that? We do. He said, I brought it home. 
He said, in the same way, there will be a glorious celebration in heaven over the rescue of one lost sinner who repents. And you know who a lost sinner is? It's people like me who think they're no good, who don't see themselves the way God sees them. That's what he's talking about. One of us who changes our mind about who we are and starts agreeing with Scripture about who we are, starts agreeing with Jesus about who we are. One of that happens, and he returns to the fold more than all the righteous people. You know what, what it takes is humility. It really does. For me to come home, it took humility. I had to admit that maybe I don't have it all figured out. Maybe the way I see things isn't always right. I, was, I had to be willing to go there to experience his embrace. And uh, it's a miracle I could even tell you about that. And so this is Ephesians 1.4. So I want to say this. This Easter Sunday, you have good news to share with your friends and your family. You do. You have your own personal encounters with the Lord where, like, I'm going to give five of you another chance to do it, right? I want, I want you to say, I want you to say one thing in your life that is better now that you've become a part of his family. You came home to Jesus, and we already had six people, but I want five more stories about something that's better in your life since you came home to Jesus. Let's, let's dance on that grave. And every time you tell the story, you're dancing on it. And uh, we get to all celebrate with you, you know. It's like, uh, I think Tommy could talk about maybe getting a sense of humor someday. <laughs> to be like, yes, Tommy, great victory in Jesus. I, they wrote that song about him. He's that old. Um, yeah, that is right. It's like, that, I think that song was 1800s, actually, Tommy. But it's good news. We have good news to share. Ephesians chapter 1, this is great news. He chose us. He chose us to be his very own, joining us to himself even before he created anything. That's good news. He chose us. And it was always his perfect plan. We read this verse a lot because it's so true. It's amazing how Paul knew this. Amazing. He, he, it was his perfect plan to adopt us as his delightful children through our union with Jesus. There's nothing in your life that can hold you down. The resurrection that happened in him is in us. So I've got good news from all of our friends, our neighbors, our family. Listen, it's not, you're not limited to the prison you're in right now. He's already overcome. He's already set us free. But it's love, right? And so you look in Romans chapter 6. This is, a great, this is a great passage, the whole book. I wanted to read the whole book. Could it be any clearer, Romans 6, 6. Could it be any clearer that our former identity is now and forever deprived of its power? It's done. When Jesus died on the cross and he rose from the dead, he set the captives free. And our former identity said we were bad. Our former identity said we'll never be good enough. Our former identity said we have to pull ourselves up and we have to save ourselves and we have to do something. But we were co-crucified with him to dismantle the stronghold of sin within us. 
Listen, the truth is, Jesus rose from the dead, and what was impossible before he rose from the dead became possible for every human on earth from now until eternity. And it's been done. We would not continue to live one moment longer submitted to sin's power. You see, the truth was, before he came, no human on earth had freedom. They didn't. Jesus said it. Before he came, before he died, we were captives and there was an enemy, a dark force, a devil, Satan himself, pulling the chains inside of our hearts and making us do the things we didn't want to do and making us not able to do the things we really wanted to do. And we were all in that bondage. And so there wasn't, there weren't any, there weren't any stories like what we heard here today already. There weren't any. They tried hard. They failed. They won some. But they weren't free. And then when Jesus came, so that we would not continue to live, He came and He dismantled that stronghold of sin within us so that we would not continue to live one moment longer submitted to sin's power. And if we were co-crucified with the anointed one, we know that we also shall share in the fullness of his life. When you invite somebody to come into the family, there's a supernatural power starts working inside of their lives as they walk in union with Christ. And you know what that power does? It's all good. And Paul says in Galatians 6, 5.22, in 5.22, the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love. You see, when you come into union with Christ, you start being happy. You start having joy. He calls it, uh, here's how it looks like, this love that God puts inside of us as we have union with Him. Joy that overflows. Does anybody in here want that? Uh, most of us men would be embarrassed if we had that. That'd be too much, you know. That, you know, it'd break our faces. We can't smile that much. You ever smile so much that your cheeks hurt? You know, it's like, it's like joy that overflows. That's guaranteed to every human on earth that wants it. By the power of Jesus Christ and His blood. Now, we, didn't, we don't know that. We don't know that. The, your friends don't know it. Your neighbors don't know it. I experienced a new joy, and it's a continual revelation inside of us as we have encounters with Jesus. And, and uh, Paul said it this way, peace that subdues, no more anxiety, no more fear, no more worry, no more dread, peace, peace that subdues those feelings, a patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue and faith that prevails and gentleness of heart and strength of spirit. You see, when you're inviting people to come into the family, you, it's not just about Easter eggs and a meal and sitting at a table, even though that's all beautiful and huge. If you have family, you know that's huge. But it's about meeting someone who does something supernatural inside of me. That little place inside of you that doesn't know love. That thing inside of your head, that, that voice you can't get away from that keeps saying you're not good enough or you don't matter. You know, the opposite of what the Holy Spirit believes. 
And guys, this is what we invite people into. And you know what it is. You'll never experience peace and love and joy and patience and gentleness and all the gifts of the Spirit in any form. No, nothing else on earth can do like that what Jesus does. It, you want to you help people to be happy? His name's Jesus. You want to help people get free? His name's Jesus. You want to help people have a destiny in the future? His name's Jesus. You want to help people be able to raise children and live in their family in peace? His name is Jesus. And that's what we get to share. And the greatest joy you'll ever have is sharing that with people, inviting people into that. And we know that the anointed one has been raised from the dead to die no more. His resurrection life has vanquished death and its power over him is finished. It's finished. And for by his sacrifice, he died to sin's power once and for all. But he now lives continuously for the Father's pleasure. So let it be the same way with you since you are now joined with him. You must continually view yourselves as dead and unresponsive to the sin's appeal. Sin's appeal is do it your own way. Make it happen. Manipulate. Use anger. Use power. And not depend upon God. And he said, so let it be the same way with you. While living daily for God's pleasure in union with Jesus, the anointed one. What happens when you begin to live in that relationship with him, the anointing, the power of God becomes real in your life. And you're raised from the dead by the same power that raised Christ from the dead. And we get to experience a supernatural life. It's like every one of the testimonies were about that. Jesus and this. Jesus and this happened. Jesus and this happened. You know, Katie's last testimony. I lost my mom. Five years ago today, but Jesus. Now see, that is power the world can't provide. So this morning, it's really about that. It really is. And uh, I want five more single mice, five more uh, ways that you're going to have. Yeah, Dan, you're going to, there's the microphone on the stand right here. Oh, you see it? <laughs> He's like, you're looking for it. Uh, I want five more things if someone has the courage to share. One thing in your life that is better since you have come home to Jesus. Okay? Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, seis, siete, ocho, nueve. That's only three. Three's good. Four? Okay. You can't talk about your marriage, Chris. No, I'm kidding. Come on. Come on. I'm sort of low. Amy's at work today, so she's not here. Okay, go. let's come on up. Come on up, guys. I'm excited. Is it on? Yes, it's on. <laughs> okay. Um, I am a drug addict, too, um, who lost everything, including my daughter. Um, but today, through giving my life and my will over to Jesus, I have been set free. Yeah. I don't have anger anymore. I don't have sadness anymore. I don't have resentment anymore. And most importantly, I can stand here with my daughter and worship God today. Come on. <laughs> That's exciting. Come on. Uh, this could, this, we could never stop clapping, actually. You know. Um, oh, goodness. You I'm can sorry. do it. I'm really nervous. I am too. Um, I, you have to 
I tried to commit suicide at least four times, and mm -hmm. the fact that I'm still here today lets me know that, you know, Jesus and God really want me here, and that I'm <laughs> special, and that I mean something, and I need to know that. Somebody loves you, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, I'm excited. That was, I got so excited, I almost hugged her. <laughs> okay, come on. Hi, I'm Alan. Okay, you're not nervous. No. Kathy? Oh, good. Kelly. Kelly. Oh, hi, Kelly. <laughs> so, I too struggled from a drug addiction 20 plus years, you know, and I can remember being so miserable in there, and I can remember locking myself in a bedroom. Actually, I nailed myself in a bedroom. <laughs> Uh, with a razor blade in my hand, and I, and I prayed for death. Like, I prayed for God to give me the strength and the courage to just take myself out. Wow. But God said no, and he gave me life. <laughs> you know, he, he gave me a life that I never thought was possible, that, yeah. I, that I didn't even know to pray about. Like, I didn't know to pray for life. Yeah. You know, and I'm a mom today. Uh, I help others. I feel like God has put me here to be the message that we can stay clean, that, you know, yeah. that he does save us. I believe addiction is a spiritual warfare in itself. And uh, I believe that God saved me from that. And, you know, he did give me a life better better than I ever dreamt of. I don't look you know at you. <laughs> I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Go on. Oh, a teenager. Yes, this is my granddaughter, Camille, one so, of them. Yeah, you have three. Yeah, three. three. Yeah. So two years ago, um, I was on diving board, and I learned to flip. And it was really simple. All you do is just do back bend off, of, off a diving board. And I sent a video of me doing it to my friends, and my friend decided to send me 20 possible ways you can kill yourself on diving board. Yeah. And... <laughs> And I was horrified. I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to die. And so I completely stopped doing flips off a diving board. And it got to where the point last summer, I want to go near a diving board. I mean, it just got real bad. I couldn't jump on a trampoline. I love trampolines. It got to where I want to go near them. And the fear started getting pretty bad to where, not yesterday, but a week ago, one of my friends is over, we were practicing dance move, and she said, I want you to do flip off my back. And I was like, no, no, I could. I could die. She's like, well, just do it. It'll be fine. And I'm about to do it, and I pray, and I said, God, I need courage. I need faith. I need you. And without even thinking, I did it, and I landed it, and I didn't die. And it yeah, was so yeah. <laughs> You don't want me to talk about the marriage. No, go ahead. We can talk go about ahead. drugs if you want. I just, I, I mean, just, I'm I just. I plan on giving them up soon. Stand over here. <laughs> no, but for real, like, real. you know, uh, I come from a good family and all these different things, but I really didn't think I would ever get the opportunity to build my own family. But, uh, you know, people saw things more in me than I thought, and I, I have the opportunity to have an awesome wife and be a dad to an awesome kid and build my own family. So, uh, there's hope, guys. It's there's great. hope. Woo! Come on, kid. Uh, come on, Lisa. You can come on. Guys, what a great time to come to the family. What a, what a privilege we have to share testimonies and to dance on his head, the enemy. 
who wants to tell you you can't, and it won't. It's not. So I want to encourage you. Uh, he's good. And this morning, if you've heard testimonies and you want some of that, be a great day to get some of it. He's here. He's here. He's overflowing. But it's going to take humility. It takes humility. Uh, and it really doesn't matter what it is. It's all import, important to him. So this morning, if you're here and you haven't turned your life over to him yet, this would be a great day to do it. You know? And then, uh, if there's areas you know him, but there's areas that you know there's something you need from him, it still stands. You know, it's funny how Jesus said that 2,000 years ago, come to me. All who are weary and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Still true today. Absolute truth. So if you've been carrying a burden, uh, Jesus wants to take your burdens. He wants to take your pain. He wants to take your broken heart. He does. And also, uh, I just want to encourage you. to You need to know how big a deal it is that you're all willing. I mean, and I really, probably everyone in here would share what those 10 people or 11 people shared. But I, I know that Jesus is so proud because I know you share all the time. And I just want to encourage you. It's so there's nothing more important than somebody finding Jesus, you know. And Easter, what we're doing is just giving. If it's just one person gets encouraged and gets to spend time with in coming home to the Lord, it's worth it all to us. And it is to him too. We'll throw a big party when we find that sheep. We're just looking for one. So today, maybe you're the one God's been looking for. Maybe he set this up for you. I, uh, I didn't really have this planned out this way. I told Camille before church, she's always begging, you know, my granddaughter. She's always asking me those hard questions like, what are you preaching on today, pops? I'm like, uh, uh, and when she asked me that, I had a blank piece of paper sitting on my desk <laughs> uh, two hours ago. <laughs> and I said, Camille, I think I'll freestyle. And she's all excited. I'm like, you don't know how unexcited I am about that. Don't like freestyle, but I do like his style. And you're his style. You are his style. And he's sending us out into the world. He said, guys, the harvest is plentiful. It's ready. It's ripe. Don't believe the news. Don't believe the naysayers. The harvest is ready, and people want Jesus today. So this morning, if you're here and you need him, uh, let's all stand up. We have ministry teams and uh, Katie will be out in the foyer and honest. She tried to do it as best she could, and she was honest. If you have plans next week, amen, God bless you. If you don't, come and be blessed and help us serve. Because if you're here today, you've been here for a week already, so you're part of the team. Y'all realize that here, right? Uh, I didn't filter who got to talk on the microphone by saying you had to be here for six months and go through three classes. If you love Jesus, you're in. So if you want to serve and you want to help us, uh, Katie will be out in the foyer. Will uh, Josh be with you? No? 
Okay, maybe her brother. Somebody will help her out there because we have two sign-up sheets, one for food and one for serving, physically serving. So uh, ask God if you need to help. Great if you do. If you don't, that's fine. But uh, we just want to make it available to you, okay? So, Father, I thank you for uh, the courage I've seen in this room today and even through the weeks, God, that as we go out and, and as we share your life and what you're doing with us, with the world. And uh, I thank you for the harvest we're already getting to experience. And God, help us, give us this, the, the wisdom to not be complacent when one person comes home to you. That if Jesus can celebrate one, we for sure can celebrate one. So God, I thank you for every, everything you've done. God, that you protected so many people in these storms. You protected property. And Jesus, the people who did get hurt, the people who lost family, that you're there for them right now. That they're not alone. You never leave us alone. So God, be with our friends today that are rebuilding, that are hurting. Give them hope. Help them to see you, Father. Just thank you, King. Amen. So thank you for coming today. Next week's going to be a party. So bring your friends and come back. It'll be great. God bless you guys.